Yes, folks, it's Thursday. It's 4 p.m. Central Time. So I'm Fred McMurray, and this is... I'm Fred McMurray. I'm with my co-host, Ray Piller, at my super special uh, female woman's playing co-host, Elizabeth Denon, CEO of Franchise Woman. Ooh, I got it all right. And how are we doing, folks? Great. Really well. All right. So I'm in Shell Beach. It's overcast, but it's still 78 out. Ray, where are you? And Elizabeth, where are you? I'm in Aurora, Illinois, not the other place, which I'm going to later. Anyway, it is 32 degrees, <laughs> 32 degrees, which is, to me, is perfect. I love this weather. It's partly cloudy, so we get a little blast of sunshine, then it goes away, a little blast of sunshine, and it goes, it's, it's gorgeous out, absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> I'm in Spanish Fort, Alabama. It is sunny and 54, so for us, that's a little chilly. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I know when they call 54 chilly, <laughs> I call it hoodie winter weather. They call me crazy out in California, but that's the way it is. So, Elizabeth, why don't we jump to it? Why don't you introduce our guest today, who's sadly only on audio, but you'll be seeing, you can see her picture up in the upper right-hand corner if you're watching the video. So... Take us away, Elizabeth. Yeah, today we have Samantha, and tell me how to pronounce your last name. Rinconi. Okay, that was oh, what God, I was going to guess, but I wanted to make sure it was right. <laughs> She's the founder and CEO of Craves Franchising. Um, they're on the move and growing, and in um, I think you have, what, six franchisees open and three on the way, so things have been going really great for you guys, huh? Yeah, yeah, going great. Uh, we have five units open as of right now, and we have uh, eight scheduled to open later this year. So uh, things are going really well for us over here. So, Ray. Well, I, I love the, um, the, con- the concept is, is really pretty fun, and I saw that you were introducing food trucks as well. Yes, yes. So um, for now, you know, we started out, uh, you know, your traditional brick-and-mortar locations. Um, you know, one of our biggest features is a self-serve beer wall, obviously. Um, but, we, yeah, we introduced the food truck model. Uh, we've had a lot of interest in that, and we're hoping to have two of those on the road, hopefully by uh, early 2021. All right. So we've had a slight show faux pas here because there was a very important question questions that before we can go on to pillars of franchising we must address so ray why don't you um clear up the faux pas oh sure all right sam where where are you and what's the weather like (laughs) ah so i am in long island new york uh today it's probably around 40 degrees here so not too bad that's uh warm based on what it's been the last week and a half so i'll take it (laughs) nothing wrong with that that's for sure (laughs) that's Absolutely. All right. So now that we've done the pillars of weather thing, I'm going to ask Wall of Beer. Tell us more. Question. Yes. So we uh, we actually feature a self serve beer wall. Um, All of our franchisees have anywhere from 18 to 32 taps. Um, They all utilize uh, local craft beer to the states and towns that they're currently in. 
Uh, we also throw in there a white wine, a red wine, and a cider. And uh, the kicker to that is we are about to open a store in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and they will have liquor on tap. Wow. <laughs> you can get it any way you want it now. Yeah, we're pretty excited about it. You know, it, it's very safe. Um, obviously, it's, you know, we wouldn't do anything that would put the customers at risk. So there are, um, you know, there's a lot, lot that comes with it. But for the customers, it's very, very easy. They get to drink as much or little as they want. Um, you know, they, they are monitored, obviously, with what we call our tapologist. So that's the position we've created to make sure that it's a safe environment since we are family friendly too. So how do you, how do you monitor that and pay for it? I'm just, I'm like, what, <laughs> so you can get as, much or as little as you want. I'm, I'm just curious how you keep track of that. Yeah, absolutely. So we have, it's actually a bracelet. Uh, so each time a customer comes in, we have the same technology as CSA. So we scan your license, you open up a tab, just like you would at a normal bar or tavern. Um, your license is then connected to a bracelet. So you would take the bracelet and you would go up to the wall of beer, as you call it, and there's our logo on the bottom of the screen. You just tap the bracelet to the bottom of the screen. It'll tell you the type of beer, how much you have left on your card. And that specific card or bracelet is tapped out at 32 ounces. Um, once you hit the 32 ounce mark, you do have to go get your bracelet reactivated um, by the cashier. And obviously the tapologist will make sure that you're allowed to have more on the bracelet. Um, and each different beer is based um, on per ounce. So each beer costs a different amount. It all goes by the ounce and each one's a little bit different. Um, you know, the domestics are obviously a little less expensive than the, the craft that can get a little up there. Too. Pretty cool. So yeah. my quite wait, time out. I got to backtrack. You said the same technology in place that TSA uses, correct? So does that mean I'm going to get a rectal probe? <laughs> no, not in Crave. That wouldn't be sanitary in the food service. <laughs> okay. All right. I feel much better you now, man. No, that's why I got the, the, you know, the TSA pre-check because I was tired of, never mind. Um, yeah. So, all right. I, I feel much better now knowing that. <laughs> and, and I'm assuming I don't have to sit in the middle seat um, bunched for four hours. Uh, never mind. Never mind. I'm sorry. Flashbacks of too many uh, air, airplane trips. Take us away, Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so other than the beer wall, um, Tell, tell me a little bit about the concept, how you came up with it, and what makes it something unique in the franchising world. Sure. So, um, obviously, we're creative hot dogs and barbecue. So, as we discussed, we have the beer wall. Um, we also serve barbecue, and we have um, hot dogs, broths, and sausages, which we have 20-plus toppings that you can choose from, um, how you want to top your dog. Um, you know, what makes us unique, I believe, is two really big things, other than, obviously, the beer wall. Um, we can go in a lot of different venues. So as you brought up, we do have the food truck model. We have a brick and mortar model. Um, we also have a kiosk model that we're playing with right now. We have a franchisee that would like to try out a kiosk model. Um, and very importantly, I think that our investment level um, for a barbecue franchise is on a, a much lower scale than others that I've seen. Um, you know, our total build out, you know, ranges from three to 600,000. So that's on the lower scale for a full-fledged barbecue restaurant. Um, so I, I think that, that those things set us apart uh, from a lot of other, other restaurants as well. 
This is the coolest thing I have ever seen. Sorry, go ahead. Are we good? <laughs> yeah, we're good. I gotta get the audios in there. I mean, has, has this, uh, crazy law, which there are many in Alabama, but one is that you cannot serve food in a brewery. So they have often brought in food trucks that sit on the street outside of the brewery, and you run out and get your food, and you bring it in. Um, so I don't know if that's common. I'm doubting the common law in multiple states. Have you run into that, or is that something that you would market toward? Yeah, you know what, believe it or not, um, it's probably not a law in, in a lot of the places, but it's something that was brought to our attention and the reason that we are bringing the food truck model to life. Uh, we had a franchisee um, that, you know, wanted to look into, you know, doing something on a smaller scale, and he was actually at a brewery, and that's what happened. You know, there was no food in the brewery, and he went outside, and there was all these trucks, and he called us, and he said, you know, we, we want to do a Crave food truck out here. You know, what goes better with beer than barbecue broth and hot dogs? Right. And you know, can't argue with that. So once we started looking into it, we found that that's actually very common in, in the food truck business to to go partner up with breweries. And you can schedule yourself for certain blocks of time on the weekends and, and go there and be the food, you know, the food of choice for that specific brewery. Well, y'all need to come down to Alabama then. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> We have a lot of breweries without a lot of food. <laughs> I want to know why there's not a food truck out in front of the office right now so I can take our fans down and show them it. But never mind. Um, that'd be really kind of cool, you know. Ray. Let, 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 yeah, let's, let's talk about hot dogs. Well, Ray, <laughs> think about it. You could get an I Crave, become an I, I, I Crave hot dogs uh a food truck, you get, and that would be way we take half the beast and put half the beast as the. Oh, sure, sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's got a kitchen already, so you know, <laughs> just need a window to purvey the food. Anyway, and wrap half the half the beast. <laughs> the, uh, uh, one of my favorite uh, things to eat is a hot dog, and I'm particularly fond of uh, a Chicago hot dog. And can you tell me something of uh, what? makes your hot dogs something to crave about yeah so uh, obviously being from long island new york we're all about our hot dogs here so we made sure you know when when we first started this concept you know we did a lot of research and we obviously ate a lot of hot dogs a lot of barbecue did a lot of traveling and what i found is it is very difficult to find a good grilled hot dog that will give you that snack uh, so once we put that in place, you know, it seems that a lot of the competition, they had ready-made dogs. You know, they had Chicago dogs, they had New York dogs, they had flaw dogs. But me personally, I think it's best where a customer can come in and get whatever kind of dog they want, however crazy they want, and they shouldn't have to pick off a menu. So I think that by us incorporating in, you know, over 20 toppings, everything from beer, cheese to peppers and onions, gives them sort of that opportunity to be who they are with their hot dog. Yeah. Sorry, I skipped lunch now. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> you have celery seed salt, correct? We do. Believe it or not, one of our franchisees who is in the Georgia market is from Chicago, and <laughs> they've incorporated the Chicago dog. It's one of the things they put on special. They said, we have to have this here. You have to have it. Yep, yep. So where are your franchises located now? So we have uh, are currently open. We have a Dolphinville, Georgia location, 
a Wilmington, North Carolina location, uh, one in Yukon, Oklahoma, Spring, Texas, which is in Houston, and Summerwood, Texas, which is in Houston. We currently have under construction, we have a store in Austin, Texas, Colorado Springs, Colorado, and Baton Rouge, Louisiana, currently right now. Elizabeth, which one's closest to you? Uh, Louisiana is closest to me. <laughs> That's going to be the fun one with the alcohol in there, the uh, the liquor on tap. It's, it's, it's not that close, but, you know, we, we head over to New Orleans a lot, so you need to get a little closer down this way. But, yeah, that would be my, that would be a ton of fun, I think. So when's the opening? We'll, we'll, we'll send Elizabeth there to do an, we'll do an on-site interview. Well, she'll get, yeah. she'll <laughs> yeah, get the fun. Yeah, that probably we'll open end of April, I'd think, around that area, April, May time frame. Cool. I could go there for my birthday. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. We can, we can, yeah, we can work this out. You cool. put me on site and get you <laughs> I think so. Yeah. The Live only Live show, put you on site. Um, you just gotta send Ray and I some hot dogs so that yeah, we. Oh go. yeah. <laughs> so, what made you think come up with the, why hot dogs? I mean, why you know? I, I get the wall of beer, and I could see people wanting to go to a wall of beer franchise, but um, you seldom see. Says the man who was in a Dervener Snitchel on Sunday. <laughs> um, you don't see a whole lot of hot dog and. Hot dog is the leading, uh, the marquee name on a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Why that? So what we came up with this concept for a couple reasons. So, you know, I, in my former career, I was a franchisee. So in being a franchisee, there's a lot that I learned. And I always said to myself, you know, maybe I would tweak this a little bit if I was in charge or, you know, maybe this process could be a little bit easier if I did it this way. And when, when I decided that I wanted to be a franchisor, I did a lot of market research and found that, you know, barbecue is one of those things where, you know, you have North Carolina barbecue, you have Texas barbecue, you can incorporate all these different styles of barbecue. And I felt sort of the same way about hot dogs, sort of to the point of, you know, hey, let's have a Chicago dog, let's have a New York dog. And, you know, being in the New York market, you don't see a whole lot of hot dog concepts out there. And my whole thought process was, well, if you couple something that everybody loves, a hot dog, with something that everybody sort of loves as well, meaning barbecue, but specific to their market, and you put the two together and you add beer in the mix, that's a win-win for everybody. <laughs> right? I mean, who doesn't like barbecue, hot dogs, and beer? Come on. <laughs> yeah, you can't go wrong. You really do need to get into Alabama because we have a sausage that's made in, in Conecuh, Alabama. It's Conecuh Sausage. Um, you can have an Alabama dog. Well, there you go. See that there's one for every state, and I believe it or not, recently I did look that up. What the specific dog was for every state? There's some crazy ones out there. I imagine. <laughs> so, I, I imagine that could be a big marketing draw, though, don't you think, for for different areas yeah. of the country to to premiere their dog? Absolutely, and we encourage that. You know, we encourage the franchisees in different markets to you know, let us know locally what they think, you know, should be put on their menu to appease to the locals. So, you know, obviously we have our standard menu items, but we always like them to incorporate a little bit of flair for their, their current uh, town that they're in as well. So for our, as I can tell on our 
chat, we have some Canadian listeners um, mm-hmm. listening in. Uh, any plans on going up to Canada? Yeah, you know, it's something that we have discussed. Um, we did have a couple interested parties um, in that market. Um, it's absolutely something that we would consider if we could find the right franchisee in that market, 100%. All right, so for the people in Canada that are listening on the site, go ahead and send your other questions, and we'll get them asked. Ray. <laughs> so let's get down to the nitty-gritty. If someone's interested in uh, purveying Crave hot dogs and barbecue, what's it going to cost them? So our, our average cost uh, is anywhere from three to 600000 um, you know, and, and that's, you know, obviously that variation, we have lots of different forms, you know, you can do the, the different models that we did discuss. Mm-hmm. And what are some of the, uh, uh, you know, you said the food truck is probably on the low end of that is, and then uh, 600 is, uh, yeah, food truck is on the low end. Um, obviously we have the brick and mortar. We do have the kiosk model. And uh, believe it or not, this year we signed, actually a friend of mine who I believe has been on the show, Ron Silverstein, uh, he is the CEO for a company called Buzz Place, and uh, we've actually partnered with them. So for all of the Buzz Place, which is a cannabis lounge, they're legal, um, there will be Crave restaurants instituted inside of those Buzz Place to be the food of choice for those guys. So we have lots of different options. You know, we like to get into all different markets and um my, my husband is also the co-founder. You know, his background is in development. So if you give us a space, we can pretty much fit in there. So, so you're going to have a cannabis wall too? Ben? <laughs> Maybe in the future. One, one step at a time for us. Well, uh, there goes answer, asking that question about the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Ray. I, I found out today that... Uh, uh, I went to the a VA clinic today and uh, I couldn't figure out what's all the, the crowd around in, in, you know, the VA clinic. And apparently right next door is a cannabis place that's just opened up. So now you can go and get your, yourself checked up if you're a veteran and, and get your cannabis at the same time. <laughs> Which in your model, I think that would be like really good, wouldn't it? Uh, then not only would you be able to get uh, the cannabis and beer uh, wine, alcohol, yeah. and hot dogs, and barbecue. I think that's a mix all three of them together. Absolutely. <laughs> I think most people do, don't they? <laughs> Why don't you tell us, Ray? Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Um, I know that you all do a lot of work with veterans and offer them a discount. Um, yes. Tell us a little bit about that. Your husband is a veteran, right? Yeah. So my husband, uh, he is a veteran. Uh, and when we, you know, when we started, you know, with franchising, one of the things we wanted to do was we wanted to incorporate support for veterans so that, you know, they would have obviously the opportunity to come in, own their own business. So, we do offer a veteran discount, and currently 95% of our franchisees are veterans. Oh, cool. That's really nice. That's really yeah, whether cool. they're veterans, we have a couple active duties. So, um, you know, we, we like to, to keep it all American here. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, and um, in my, my magazine is coming out uh, actually on Sunday. Our issue is all about giving back. Um, and people who do that in, in, as a part of their business model, but also outside of their business model. So this seems to me, and you can speak to it, that this was a part of your way of giving back. Is that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's very important, obviously, for us, especially with Sal, with my husband being a veteran, to give back to those who fought so we can have what we have today. Um, and we think that this is a big part of that, you know, allowing allowing people to um, you know, sort of see what we have, see what we have to offer. And, you know, if they believe in us, we believe in them and, and get them in a model that we believe is, is going to be very profitable to them, um, you know, and help them in their next stage of life after they, you know, leave the army, military, whatever they're in. Okay. And with that one, it will now take a break for our sponsors. I want to thank the Link Local Network for broadcasting our show. Uh, you can dial in at 323-580-5755. That's 323-580-5755. If you're at the pillarsoffranchising.com or linklocalnetwork.com website, so you can chat, we'll ask, ask our questions. Uh, you can also become a community voice by filling out the form at linklocalnetwork.com and help tell your story about work-life balance. And now a word from a sponsor. Hey, franchise owners, how is your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new movements to your local area? At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, ad placement, and customer data intelligence will get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805-265-5440 or visit us at westvine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or westvine with a Y dot the Franchise Woman is a bi-monthly digital magazine that empowers women as they navigate the franchising industry by providing relevant news, tools, advice, and inspiration. We are a resource for women who are seeking to own their own businesses, improve their existing businesses, find creative solutions, and take advantage of franchise opportunities. We feature women in the business who best exemplify our ideals and have something to teach our readers. In addition to our exclusive articles relating to the female entrepreneur, we also feature brands that are geared for women. Women have become the fastest growing sector in business ownership and have become a powerful, influenceable force fueling the economy. The Franchise Women will give you the news that is relevant to you to help you navigate the path of successful franchise ownership. By women, for women, and about women, we are the Franchise Women. Join us today at www.thefranchisewoman.com. And we're back with Samantha, and I'm not going to butcher your last name by even saying it. So, <laughs> Ray, why don't you take us to a question there? Okay. Uh, one of the things that uh, I was looking for a new background today, and uh, today, and uh, I came across this when I when I was there. I don't know if anybody could recognize that. That is uh, Crazy Horse. 
So I began thinking about franchising and uh, Mount Rushmore. And uh, Mount Rushmore is more like uh, having a franchise, uh, starting your business with a franchise. And Crazy Horse is like starting a business cold without a franchise. As you can see, it's not complete. So uh, I, I guess my question is, I'm waiting for this one. I'm waiting to see how he ties the question in with the picture. So go, go for it, dude. And and of course our uh, guest can't see the picture, so she's got no clue what you're looking at. But that's okay. Let's go. No, that's, well, yes, you can. Sam, Sam says she has her video on. Uh, I can see it. Yes. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so I, I I think franchising is a great way to start in and uh, a business. And obviously, uh, you know, I've been in business now for 16 years, and uh, I I had other businesses before, and uh, they didn't do as well as this because what we have is is great help, not only from the franchise itself, but uh, from other franchise owners. So, is is this also true with uh, Crave? And uh, you know, as far as uh, uh, the community that you're, you're, you're starting with Crave Hot Dogs and Barbecue. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, like you said, in, in order to be, you know, successful, obviously you need that support. Um, you know, you need the, the backing of a franchisor. And, you know, to go back to, to what I said earlier, being a franchisee for a company before I was a franchisor, I have a, a really good understanding of, where I thought, you know, there were items that I would improve or things that, you know, I wanted to make sure if I was ever in the position I am in now that I made sure I covered and my franchisees understood and they, they, uh, they get the systems that they need. And that's something that, you know, every day we're working to improve our systems. How can we be better? What more can we do to help our franchisees? You know, what do they need from us? Um, I mean, every day, almost every day, I speak to every single one of my franchisees, and, and we're like a family. Elizabeth? Well, <clears throat> since I have a magazine here toward women, I always like to ask about uh, a, a, your perspective, especially as a woman franchisor and as a franchisee coming up, um, number one, what advice would you give to women? And number two, what advantage do you think a franchising system offers women over a startup or a corporate job? Um, you know, I think that the second question first, I guess the, the advantage for women to doing a franchise system is I think, you know, when you get into a system, the franchisor already knows that you believe in the concept because you believe enough to buy into it. Um, so they're looking at you as more of a businesswoman or business person that shares the same beliefs as they do and believes in the company the way that they do. Um, so I don't really think that they look at you any different as, as anyone else. They just want you to be successful. Um, you know, and then uh, what was the first question? Just in terms of coming up through franchising as a franchisee and then as a franchisor, what has your experience as a woman been like? Um, yeah, it was interesting. You know, there there are the times when you're doing something like this where, you know, you're in the beginning stages and you're in the construction phase or you're, you know, talking to contractors and, you know, sometimes you do get the eyes like, okay, you know, that, that sounds great. Um, you know, what, you know, what I have to say about that is, you know, just when you know that you know something and when you believe in what you're trying to do, just keep pushing and really don't let anybody 
you know, tell you any different. Don't let anybody make you unsure of yourself. And I mean, sometimes I repeat myself 10 times, uh, but do it 20 if I had to. <laughs> yeah, I think that is a common experience. And I mean, is that the advice you would give to a, a younger woman coming up through business? I mean, do you have anything to add to that in terms of how, how would you advise young women looking for something to, for their future? Yeah, the, the advice is, is stand strong with what you believe in, what you think, what you want to do, and what you want to achieve, and just go as hard as you can, and really don't let anybody get in your way. You know, I, I've seen other people get discouraged, and you can't let other people discourage you, um, especially in being a woman. You just have to be, you know, stronger than everybody else, and if you, you believe in what you're doing, then you can just push through. Hmm. Okay. Go ahead. You got something you want to add in there, Ray? Go ahead. Well, everybody, you know, has uh, some uh, difficult experiences. I was wondering if you've had any, you know, in uh, in the six units you have out there right now, uh, or anybody who's called you and said, "Hey, I'm interested." Any difficulties at all with uh, any any of your uh, franchises out there right now, or people calling in wanting it? Um, you know, I, I, I don't think, um, really, I would say any difficulties. I, I would say it's a, it's a learning experience. Um, you know, obviously, in becoming a franchisor, um, you know, you, you want to sell franchises, but one of the biggest lessons that I've learned is you want to make sure that you're selling them to the correct people. Um, you know, you want to sell them to people who you see as your partners, who have like interests, who enjoy the business, believe in the business. Um, you know, and, and don't just pick anybody out there to have more units. You want to pick the right people. And that's probably the most important thing that I've learned, um, you know, that that's come up since we started this. Are you looking for anybody with a particular background? Or? Um, no, you know, it doesn't have to be food experience. Um, you know, you can have just management experience. But we generally look for people that have some sort of business experience. Um, restaurant experience is obviously a plus. Um, you know, we do have a, a three-week training program, so you do not need the food experience, um, but it's always, you know, it's always a bonus if you do have that. So are there any re skill requirements that are, or expertise, or, or is there anything that you're required to have in order to become a franchisee? Passion. Um, that's a big one. Uh, what we, we do require them to have a passion for the brand, a passion for the business. Um, you know, we've, we've spoken to some people where, you know, a good example, and I, I won't name names, but we did have a group that did come to us. They wanted to be a franchisee. Their background was perfect. They had restaurant experience. They wanted to buy 10 units. They had a full team. They were ready to go. Um, you know, Sal and I flew down. We met with them. And when we left, I said, you know, I looked at him and he looked at me and we both just shook our head. And I said, you know, we can't have them as part of our team. You know, they, they don't have the same um, interest in, in furthering the brand. You know, they want to change things. They want to come up with their own systems and they're telling us what needs to be changed. And, you know, we, we didn't feel comfortable that they would be an asset to our franchise system or to our other franchisees. So, you know, the requirement is simply passion for the brand of, you know, a, a background that shows that you have some sort of management experience or, or skills that would, you know, make you an asset in the franchise industry. So when you say passion for the brand, do you mean that they have to not hate hot dogs and like hot dogs? 
It would definitely be helpful if they liked hot dogs. <laughs> okay. I was gonna, I was gonna say if they don't like hot dogs, I, I, I know, I, I really can't see. Well, or, or at least like beer, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but doesn't yeah, everybody you know, like? We beer? have had some people that that have said, you know, we don't want to put the beer wall in. You know, we, you know, we don't want to serve certain items. But you know, our menu is our menu, and while we're willing to change as we, you know. Uh, as we evolve, obviously we're changing. When we go to different states, you know, we will put specific items on the menu, but we never want to take a big part such as our beer or, you know, our hot dogs off the menu because that's who we are. That's what defines us. Okay. So you have to like hot dogs. Those who don't need not apply. Elizabeth, take it away. <laughs> well, building on what you just talked about, um, having a passion for the brand, and you talked about being able to have, a, a local hot dog that expresses the area. So it sounds to me like in terms of, of creativity that the franchises are given, franchisees are given, um, as long as it's expanding the brand maybe and not diminishing it, you're, you're open to creative ideas and suggestions from your franchisees. Is that, is that accurate? Absolutely. Um, you know, we have my director of option training and I, you know, we have calls every Friday um, franchisees are always bringing us cool ideas. Um, you know, once a month, we do a limited time offer, uh, starts the first week of the month. And usually those limited time offers are ideas that came from our franchisees. You know, they've experimented. They said, you know, in this area, people want, you know, chicken and waffles. So we created chicken and waffle flyers for the month. Or, um, you know, we've done a porker sandwich with, you know, we put pork and uh, beer cheese and cheddar cheese and all this other stuff on the sandwich. And, you know, we always encourage their creativity. We want to think of their ideas because, you know, the more people that, that are trying to come up with the ideas that they think are going to be successful, the more we're open to hearing them. Right, which, which sounds like a great balance to do the franchisee, I would say. Absolutely. It's always good to be, to be heard and to felt heard, and I think that they do uh, feel heard by, by seeing the items that they do recommend. We do put them on the menu. Um, we do run specials that they've wanted to do, and, and it makes them, um, you know, feel like they really truly are a part of our family, which is how we see them. Do you offer any, uh, uh, yep. I should say, loans or anything like that? Is that available for? Yeah, so we don't, uh, as a company, we don't offer the loans. However, um, we do have um, all the third-party lenders um, that we have partnered with where, you know, when somebody is ready to go through the SBA process or, or funding process, um, we do connect them with them and we do work with our franchisees through the process of creating a business plan, you know, assisting them in all the things that they need, um, you know, in order to send SBA or another funding source and, and we do work with them through that process. What, what, what sort of liquidity do you uh, require? We require 150,000 uh, liquid capital. Oh, okay. And we, you know, we do prefer the net to be anywhere from two hundred and fifty to three hundred thousand as well. Sure, sure. So, what would be your top three geographic areas to um, go into over the next twelve months? So, you know, we are um, building a corporate store uh, here in Long Island, New York. Uh, should be open in the next, I would say, two to three months. Um, so I, I'd like to expand a little bit in the Northeast, uh, having our corporate store here. Um, also, obviously, the South, most of our locations are, you know, down South. We've just sold a few units in the Florida market, the so Florida, Georgia area. Um, and we do have the unit coming up uh, in Colorado. 
So I'd like to see a couple things developed out west, you know, to support that Colorado market. Okay. Elizabeth. So what are you doing in terms of your marketing for recruitment um, and specifically toward your vets? How are, you, how are you letting them know that you're out there, that you have these discounts for them and, and trying to get them into business? Yeah, so we actually, um, we have uh, a bunch of press releases that we have put out to different channels, uh, specifically related to franchising for veterans. Um, we are currently working to get partnered with VetFran. Uh, that should be finalized very shortly as well. Um, you know, and a lot, of, a lot of our base, you know, a lot of our marketing is targeted around um, military bases, believe it or not. So um, we do have a, a connection in the marketing world where, you know, they will specifically reach out to, um, you know, areas that are heavily trafficked by veterans or, or active military, um, you know, down by the bases or in certain towns. And what they'll do is they'll, you know, um, you know, just basically bring us out there, put out different releases, talk about us, bring them in. Um, you know, a lot of our traffic too, uh, we put out a lot of press on Restaurant News, which has a big veteran base as well. Um, just from our, our last release on Restaurant News, we've gotten uh, two signed franchisees that are both veterans from that one release alone. So, um, you know, definitely news travels fast when you're talking about that. Great. Well, and in terms of, we talked about what you're doing for them in terms of the discounted fees and that kind of thing, but um, from, from, from their perspective, what, what do you find in the skill set of veterans that benefits you? So I think there, there's a few things. Um, obviously, there's the organizations. Um, they, they follow exactly to a T what you put forth. Um, you know, it's obviously starting a franchise, you know, a lot of people think it's easy. But when you really get into it, you know, you have to be very organized. You have to follow systems. There's deadlines. There's things that have to be done. And in our experience, you know, with somebody that's lived the lifestyle that they've lived, um, you know, they're used to following systems. They want to, um, you know, follow what you put forth, do what they're told. And that's personally, I think that they make some of the best franchisees because they understand that what we're putting forth is proven to be successful. And they are working to, to see that success with following exactly what we put forth. Ray, you're our local vet. What do you got to say? I, I would say that, you know, this sounds like a hit. You know, I can, you know, what I would probably do is uh, I'd walk up to the beer wall and a little of this, a little of that. <laughs> we do have flights for people like you, Ray. <laughs> I knew he was going to the beer. I would have gone to the hot dogs or the beer barbecue, but I knew he was going directly to the beer. Oh, I love the sample foods. <laughs> I know that too, my friend. I know that too. So we've talked a whole lot about uh, hot dogs, which is a wonderful topic. I now I'm craving one again, even though they're very bad for me. Um, we've talked to quite a bit about beer and the fact that even for health, heart healthy folks like me, you have some wine there. But I want to go further back. You founded another company in past um, that literally kind of grew franchises all over the place, uh, emerging franchises. You were the uh, founder and CEO, correct? Yes. Um, actually, a, a partner of mine and I, we founded that company and it was, it was actually a lot of fun. What we did was we 
we found franchisors or, or just people that were in business. They had a one-off restaurant or they liked the idea of franchising. And we basically explained the franchising system to them, how franchising works A to Z. Um, you know, we told them what it would take. And then if we felt that, you know, they, they were a good candidate, we would work with them. We would do franchise development for them. We would create their franchise disclosure documents. Uh, we would register their logos, create their operations manuals, um, and just work with them to understand a lot of the legalities in franchising that, to me, it seems a lot of franchisors aren't aware of. Um, you know, certain things, you know, registration versus non-registration, but we, we would help grow these companies, you know, from one unit or even just an idea to, in some cases, hundreds of units open, um, you know, and it's, it, it was very exciting and it was very invigorating to, to be part of something that was emerging. And I think that, uh, you know, being an emerging franchise, there's a lot of sharks out there that try and get you when you're franchising. And to bring it all to one place was really helpful to them. And I was excited to see their success. So what was the weirdest franchise you dealt with? Or the weirdest concept, I guess, is my, my phrase. I always <laughs> love going for the weird stuff. Um, you know, there, there was one franchise that we started out and I won't mention names, but we talked about the concept of healthy food. And then the, the next phone call, it kind of evolved into desserts and the next phone call, it evolved into alcohol. And by the time, you know, we had three or four conversations, it was somebody that basically wanted to franchise a food hall where there was all these different food concepts in one place. And, you know, I, I don't know if that ever took off for him, but it was pretty interesting because he had some pretty radical ideas <laughs> of what he wanted to put in there and make it one. <laughs> that sounds like fun. Hmm. So, uh, Liz, oh, sorry, Ray's going to jump I, I in there. I got a quick question that came to mind. Uh, and I, I know this has been asked before, but, you know, a lot of people who uh, are looking into franchises start reading the FDB, and I was just wondering, if you can only read one item in the FDB, what would that be? Oh, only one, huh? You need to read the whole thing. Everybody agrees on that, but, <laughs> you know, sometimes... <laughs> Dealer of <laughs> questions! <laughs> uh, that, that's a tough one, just one. Um, well, you can name two. Okay, name two. All right, two's good. I can work with two. So, you know, I think it would be a toss-up. So I always go, you know, obviously I want to know the experience of the corporate officers. Are they in any litigation, bankruptcy? You know, who am I getting myself into business with? Um, the second thing would obviously be the item six and seven. You know, take a look at those. What are they saying their investment is? You know, in doing what I do, you know, obviously you want to take a look and see if, if their costs are realistic, um, you know, and, and really take a deep dive into what you'd be spending in order to get whatever franchise it is open. Yep. Stealer of questions. <laughs> <laughs> you, you didn't even include the joke of... of no, I didn't. No, I didn't. You didn't include the joke. Now <laughs> it just sounds like I think our audience has heard that. I know, but still, the FTD. <laughs> I was talking with a a service the other day that purports to deal with franchisees, and I made comment about the FDD and. 
there was kind of like dead silence. And then I went back a bit later and said something and they again, they had no comprehension. I said, so you don't, you haven't been dealing much with franchisees. You have no clue what the FDD is. And um, I had to explain. So yeah. All right. So we ain't going to go there. Elizabeth, I'm just so broken up here with, with losing my FDD question that take the next one, please. Uh, All uh, right. Uh, let's, let's talk about moving from franchisee into your um, development business back into being a franchisor or doing it for the first time. What, what prompted those transitions for you? You know, I think that, you know, like I had said earlier, when, when I was a franchisee, there was things that, you know, I, I knew that I could do differently and processes that I knew could be streamlined. And when I decided I wanted to be a franchisor, you know, one of the most important things to me was to make it as easy as possible, you know, for the franchisee. So when I started, you know, toying this idea around in my head, I actually wrote down certain processes, what I would do, how I would make things easier. And I looked at it when I was done and I said, you know, this is something that, that seems doable, especially, you know, with the background that I have in the development and the, the knowledge when it comes to building a franchise company, you know, so I just ripped off that bandaid and I, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> That's always the hardest part, right? Or the yeah, yeah, you know, and it, it was really exciting, you know, and a lot of people ask me, you know, were you nervous to make that transition, you know? Would you go back to being a franchisee so you don't have the responsibility? And honestly, no. You know, it's, it's something that I felt, felt confident in doing from the beginning, and I actually enjoy it a lot more on this side than I do on the franchisee side. So I have a college-age daughter who's here in town with her three friends for the week, and one of them had a very big setback and was trying to cope with that. And I told her she was in a beginning-of-life crisis. But what kind of advice would you give to someone and how do you deal with setbacks in your, in your professional life? Yeah. So, you know, one of the, the phrases I was taught and believe it or not, it was actually from a contractor I met about 10 to 15 years ago. Um, and it was, there's no problems, only solutions. So, you know, when you have a setback or something happens, you know, you, you have to just sort of roll with the punches and not go to, Oh my gosh, you know, this happened. I can't do this too okay, well, what's the next step? How do we fix it? How do we move forward? You know, what's the solution to fixing the problem that was caused? Or what's the solution for the setback? And that's, you know, when he said that, for some reason, it really resonated with me that if you think about it, anything that's happened can be solved. You know, whether it's emotionally you have to solve something or physically, it can be solved. Right. Well, and I think girls, their ages, they're all 20, 21, 22. Um, I, she, she asked me about it and I said, you know what? I've had so many bad things happen to me in my life. I just know that, you know, tomorrow's a new day. <laughs> Absolutely. You just got to wake up and reset. Yeah. Right. When you're 20, you think it's the end of the world, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you wait 10 years. I know. Like, I hate yeah. to tell you this, but you're going to have more than one setback. <laughs> and it won't be this minor either, probably. Right? Exactly. Yeah, embrace the suck, folks. Embrace the suck. So, <laughs> want to thank the Link Local Network for broadcasting our show. Uh, re uh, remind our listeners you can dial in at 323-580-5755. Or for the, those of you folks sitting on the website that I can see you hanging out there, uh, go ahead and chat a question. And now a word from a sponsor. Ever wonder how successful business people get educated about franchise business options? The Franchise Consulting Company is a group of over 100 franchise professionals with more than 2,000 years 
a franchise experience. We help our clients select and investigate franchise companies. And like a realtor, our services are free of charge to you. Our fees are paid by the seller. Reach out to us to learn more and get a free copy of the Franchise MBA, the number one bestseller and highest reviewed book on Amazon in the franchise category. Our website is thefranchiseconsultingcompany.com or feel free to call us on 800-321-6072. Are you thinking about opening a business? Whether you're in transition from a corporate job, looking to generate investment income, add to your existing business, or just too young to retire, come to the Great American Franchise Expo and explore your options. Meet face-to-face with dozens of franchise executives representing dozens of quality brands. A wide range of price points and ownership models are available. Attend our free seminars on accounting, real estate, and marketing. Franchise law experts will be there to answer your questions, and banks are on hand to discuss loans and financing. The first 100 attendees will receive free VR goggles. For free tickets, visit www.franexpousa.com. That's www.franexpousa, or you can call 1-800-304-4271 and ask for ABLE. Uh, the other thing is, is that last time Mr. Neonakis was on the show, and we talked about the wonderful franchise MBA, not signed, but oh well. Um, not only did uh, Nick uh, reiterate, if you fill out the form on Pillars of Franchising website, you get the uh, the book. You also, when you fill out the form, get a free set of VR gear. Ooh, getting up there. So we're back. Ray, we know what question you're going to ask. So, Elizabeth, you get the next question. <laughs> All right. What, what do you see in terms of your goals for the future going forward with Crave um, in terms of growth, in terms of brand recognition, all those things? Yeah, so I think um, we've been growing pretty steadily. You know, we did launch the franchise in 2018, so we sold uh, a decent amount of units. Um, our expectation is over the next three years to have about 125 units open. Um, you know, we, we are trending that way right now. Um, and I think, you know, as far as brand recognition, you know, it did come up before. I would like to get a little international. Um, I think, you know, going to Canada would be something that we'd be interested in. Um, you know, we do from time to time get inquiries about other overseas areas that we, you know, we do look at. Um, so I just think, you know, it, it keep on expanding, keep going, you know, where, where our other franchises are located, give that brand awareness. And I think in the next three years, we'll have 125 plus. Open. All right, Ray, not your last question, but the last question you're going to ask before we go down the rabbit hole. So this is the last one before the rabbit hole. Okay. Go for it, my friend. All right. Well, we had, we all deal with customers. So shortly after I started the business, I dealt with a customer who gave us a call and said she was pretty upset. We had broken one of her vases. And uh, she was telling me how it was handed down to her. It was an heirloom and it was crystal and, and she was really upset about it. And, you know, I apologized, of course, and I asked her to turn it over so we can get an idea of what cost, you know, I was thinking she's going to tell me some fancy crystal company. And there was a long silence after she turned it over. And I says, and ma'am, what do you see on the bottom of the base? 
She said, Tamar, $1.98. <laughs> I said, okay. <laughs> she says, never mind. <laughs> so, uh, my question to you, have, you know, you've been in uh, you know, franchisor, franchisee. What unusual customer, customer experiences have you encountered? Yeah, so, you know, funny enough, um, obviously, everything that we serve is hot, other than the beer, beer's ice cold. Um, you know, when, when we had opened our first location, I was down there with the franchisee, my husband, myself, and we're sitting there, and, you know, a customer comes up to me, and he starts yelling at me because our chicken wings were too big. And I said, what? I said, they have a lot of meat on them. You know, that, that's a good thing. And he said, well, they're too big. I ordered 12. And I only would have ordered six. And I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. Next time you know, but, you know, now you have food to take home. You know, and I was just, I was shocked because normally people complain wings are too small. He was giving me a compliment. <laughs> How dare you serve meaty wings? I know, exactly, right? Big <laughs> <Yeah>. wings. <laughs> With that, at all, you know, there, there's always a little something, but you know, what keeps us keeps us laughing. With that, you take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. So it's my favorite time down the rabbit hole. And folks, you can go to the pillarsoffranchising.com website and submit your own down the rabbit hole question if you fill out the form. So there's been a lot of talk of coronavirus and uh, there have been some conspiracy theories that have been put forth that this will start to turn people into zombies and start the zombie apocalypse. How (laughs) would you say that Crave... I crave hot dogs and and barbecue will help mankind become ultimately successful against the zombie apocalypse. Oh man. Um, You know, I guess we we could all start flinging hot dogs and shooting some beer out there. Right. (laughs) You know, not knock them down. Yeah. Hot dogs and beer. Okay. I'm down with that. (laughs) Uh, Elizabeth. And multiple uses for our hot dogs that crave. Uh, I, I feel sure they fit some Nerf guns. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I'd say you're probably right there. All right. So we've been down the, the rabbit hole. Elizabeth, your last question. Um, what, is, what is the thing you're most proud of? about your franchise? I think the thing that I'm most proud of is the, uh, the franchisees that we've brought onto our system. Um, they, they all are just wonderful people. And I feel like we're, we're creating something bigger than just a franchise company. You know, we're creating a community of people that, you know, all want to work together. We all want the same things. We truly are a family. And I'm proud of the fact that, you know, we've been able to launch this concept you know, sell this concept to other people, and in turn, the people that we've been able to sell it to are just wonderful, wonderful people. Great answer. All right. So then I will take 
my last question before Ray takes his last question. <laughs> so for me, I do this because of my grandkids uh, and the little astronaut our viewers see is my granddaughter Addison who makes grandpa's uh, heart go pity pat. What advice would you give to my granddaughter Addison on being successful in life? To be successful in life, I think, well, for someone Addison's age, first you listen to your parents. Um, but no, um, you know, I think to be to be successful in life, um, you know, you just have to, to, you know, not to sound cliche, but you really do have to follow your dreams. Um, you know, since I was five, I've been saying I wanted to own my own company and people were like, yes, okay, you will, no problem. Um, but, you know, follow, follow what it is that you, you want to do. Um, and in order to be successful, you know, you can never learn too much. Um, you know, just keep, keep on trying to learn as much as you can, take in as much as you can, and follow, follow your dreams, really. I'll accept that. I would have preferred you said always listen to your grandfather, but that's... <laughs> well, that too, that too. <laughs> Go for it, that's Ray. A that's a given. <laughs> your last question, Ray. Well, now that we got everybody really hungry for barbecue and hot dogs and beer and everything and they want to start your franchise, what is the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, so you can either visit our website at uh, iwantcrave.com, or uh, you can shoot out an email to info at iwantcrave.com, and we'll get you all the information you need. Fantastic. Awesome, and Ray didn't even have to say it, and it'll make it onto the website, won't it, Fred? Check out our new, the, the new theme on the website. It's easier to read and more stuff there. Going to keep growing it. Thanks for, thanks to Samantha, and I'm still not going to try to pronounce your last name. So if you'd like to get it on the air one more last time, go for it. Rinchoni, and thank you guys for uh, having me. Thank you. So thanks to it. Thanks to Good my co-host and, and, uh, Elizabeth and Ray, and sad we didn't have hot dogs and actually didn't get to ask when you'd be in California, but um, we'll figure that out later. This has been, well, it's supposed to have been, you know, I really hate that when stuff doesn't quite work right. You know, it just really is annoying, but, you know. Well, so why don't you just sing it? Pillars, pillars, pillars. pillars. <laughs> Billers, 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 Billers,